Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? Well, welcome in. It's week 18. How weird is it to say that? And we've got our final podcast of the regular season. That does not mean the Deep Slant Podcast is going away, but it changes formats a bit in the off-season. So the guests become not just players and uh, opposing team riders. It becomes all sorts of people. But the podcast that I have during the regular season, which is usually a player and an opposing rider, that format changes a little bit. So this will sadly be the last one for the 2021 regular season because next week players will not be available after they clean out their lockers on Monday. So with that being said, the final podcast of the year, I finally get a chance to catch up with rookie linebacker Garrett Wallow, who I had not, I don't think I'd even spoken to him in training camp. Uh, he's off to a great rookie start. I mean, he started two games in December, the two games the Texans won against Jacksonville and the Chargers. He's been on special teams all year long, and and he had pretty quiet, um, a pretty quiet NFL start. We didn't really hear too much about him in, um, in camp and early on, but here in this last few months of the season with COVID, with all the injuries, he has really stepped up, and uh, you don't even have to ask the coaches and the coordinators. They've really, on their own, come out and really highly praise Garrett Wallow for what he's been able to accomplish this year. So I had a chance to catch up with him, and he's a really quiet guy on social media, and I think he'll be surprised to hear all the different things that he does in his free time because I guess when you're not on social media, you have all this free time to explore things like hobbies. And, man, he's got a lot of hobbies, and they're very varied. I mean, they go – I'll give you a hint. Poetry is one of them. He writes poetry. That's all I'm going to tell you. You're going to have to listen to the entire interview to hear more from Garrett Wallow and what he's up to. But I do talk to him about uh, the rookie learning curve, where it was the toughest for him. I mean, he really didn't play – special teams at TCU in his final two years. He was really just on defense. Like a lot of rookies are, they they play on uh, their offense or defense and maybe a little bit on the kicking units. But other than that, they're not really core special teams players. So it's a big adjustment for rookies. And Garrett Wallow really shined on special teams and then obviously earned snaps on defense as well. So excited to catch up with him. Also excited to catch up with Jim Wyatt, who covers the Tennessee Titans for the team because obviously it's the week 18 finale. And just like the Texans do pretty much every year, they face the Titans. This time it's at home. And the Titans have a lot on the line. So they've got uh, the number one seed in the AFC is on the line. They've already clinched the division. So they've won the AFC South two years in a row. But if they want home field advantage throughout in a first-round bye, they're going to have to beat the Texans on Sunday. And they're taking it seriously because even though they're 11-5, and they have lost to this Texans team before. So we talked to Jim White about what their impressions are of this Texans team and what's really changed for them in this last month of the season. And, oh, what is going on with Derrick Henry? We get into all of that. But first, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston, stream Texans games on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network, and count on a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? All right, let's get right into it. Garrett Wallow, Ricky Linebacker, for your Houston Texans on the Deep Slant podcast presented by Xfinity. Garrett Wallow wrapping up his rookie campaign. Garrett, I mean, it's coming to a close now. How has it felt year one in the NFL? And uh, how much do you feel like you've grown through these past yeah. few games? Well, it's definitely, honestly, it's uh, it's flown by really fast. Even though it's felt like a long year, it's crazy to look back and think like yesterday, I was just walking here for a rookie minicamp in OTA. So it's honestly just been a blessing. It's been a long ride, but it's been a good one too. 
Um, I learned a lot about myself as a player. I've grown a lot mentally on the field and just physically on the field and in the weight room as well. So it's just been an overall very successful year. Um, I got to learn from a bunch of guys in front of me. Um, got to learn from a bunch of great coaches. So I'm just happy that you know, I'm just happy to be here. Happy to keep growing. Happy to keep improving. And just you know, improving on the little things. I know you had said Sean Baker, who's the assistant special teams uh, coach, had told you back in training camp how much you had grown just from rookie mini camp. Where yeah. did you feel like you grew? Even before the season started, you felt like you had really grown a lot in the NFL. What, where, where was the early part of the learning for you? I think um, where I really started to take those stages, those steps in those stages were really when I got some game reps. Um, the more confidence I got on the field, the more confidence, like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And you know what I'm saying? Just like, I'm out here in the NFL. Like, it's been a dream come true. I'm actually playing in the NFL. I'm doing you know, I can actually do this. So once that confidence really kicked in, that's when, like, all the other things started following each other. But just working on, like, the small details every day with Sean and Frank, with special teams, and then with my linebacker core, Coach Miles, and the guys, man, just, con- just constantly learning from them, growing from them. Just looking back, there's been so much improvement. And, you know, I didn't really realize how much I was improving until you really just sit back and reflect. So, I mean, like I said, it's been nothing but a blessing. Just happy, happy to see it. All right. So both Lovey Smith and Frank Ross, they, they both describe you as a student of the game. And I, I believe you played all three linebacker spots and you were on special teams. What was the toughest part of your learning curve as a rookie? Was it just the competition level of the guys? Was it learning the playbook? Was it the speed of the game? What did you think was the biggest challenge for you in just sort of overcoming that this year? Right. I think it was really just getting confidence um, in the defense. I think all that really just comes from reps. You know, I think a lot of the guys helped me along the way to understand each position. I think I've definitely learned defense a lot better by understanding all three linebacker positions. And I'm constantly learning, you know, it's always still a growing process, still learning. But I definitely say just the confidence and just being able to be confident in the defense. I mean, that just takes practice reps and game reps, which has lately been coming and it's, it's been a blessing. But that's just the biggest thing, just um, being able to trust myself that I know what I'm doing out there and, you know, just, you know, gain my teammates trust as well. So, yeah, you a- definitely got a lot more reps in December. You had back to back starts just with all the injuries and COVID and everything else going on. And, and, and you really stepped up to the plate, especially your first start in Jacksonville. You got your first sack. You had a quarterback hit. You had a TFL. You led the team in tackles. I mean, what was that whole experience like and how did you not let the moment get too big for you? Right. Just taking everything play by play. Didn't realize how much I was, how many, how many well, I didn't really think about the stats. So somebody told me after the game and I was just like, you know, I was just out there feeling like a kid again, you know, running around, having fun, you know, playing the game I love. And, you know, moments like that, when you have great success on the field with your teammates, you know, it just makes everything worth it. You know, the hard work, the ups and downs that this game brings, uh, this game brings. I mean, not everything's going to be high, but, you know, the downs is the one that, you know, strengthen you and build you up. So I just think all that was just a surreal moment for me. And just, you know, putting that aside and be able to move on to the next week is huge. You know, although I did have success that game, you know, I want that for every game. You know, I just want our team to have success every game. So definitely was excited about that. But, you know, there's still still just that idea of wanting more for the team is, is always going to be the game plan. Your game day personality is described as, quote, pretty chill, patient. That's how some of your <laughs> teammates have described you. Uh, who, uh, so, who described me as that? <laughs> I think Neville Hewitt. Neville Hewitt said you were pretty chill. Is that is that not accurate? Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah. So that's funny that you say that. So in college, my coach used to have to slow me down on game days. He always said the first couple of plays, I was always too riled up to where, like, he would have to watch what he called for, like, the first three plays until I calmed down. Um, that's because, you know, just excitement, like, ready to play. But now I think I play better 
when I'm when I'm relaxed and can think good and just when I'm out there just having fun. So yeah, I definitely say I'm pretty chill. I'm intense, but I don't show it. I, I'm I'm intense in the deep in the inside, but I'm pretty chill on the outside. So, <laughs> so how do you do that? How how do you? I mean, it, it's probably a lot of nerves, especially your rookie year. Yeah. You're getting starts. You're getting meaningful snaps. I mean, how do you keep yourself calm on game day? I mean, you see a lot of vets out there that have a hard time calming themselves and calming their nerves. How, how do you right. do it? It's been a learning process, to be honest. Ever since I started playing, you know, every it feels like every time I step into a new stage of like football in my life, I learn more and more about myself. Right. So. A lot of it's come from preparation, just preparing mentally for the game. It's not all just, you know, X and O. You know, sometimes you got you got to prepare your mind to just be mentally ready to, to go against going to a war. So the most thing for me is just like I never want to be seen as a weakling, right? So just going out there and just showing myself, keeping composed, no matter if things go bad or good. You know, a lot of guys gain respect for that. And I gain, you know, I, I learned from, like, of course, the vets in front of me, you know, if things go bad, they always tell me just swipe it to the next play, just keep moving on, just keep having fun, keep playing. So keeping your composure is huge. Um, like I said, you don't want to show anybody that you're that you're weak, you know. And that's just kind of always been my mindset. <laughs> so, but also have fun with it as well. You do seem to keep your cards pretty close to your chest. You don't really put a lot of yourself out there on Instagram. You're not really out there on social media. So uh, for people that want to know, for fans that want to get to know you a little bit better, what are some of your hobbies? What are some things that you do in your free time, your interests? What do you think about Houston? Okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, I'm not really a big social media guy, too. I used to be when I was, <laughs> you know, back in the day, but there's a reason actually for that. I just like to, you know, just enjoy what's going on in life. You know what I'm saying? What I can see in person, things like Agree. that. Agree, yeah. I actually, I need to get back to writing, but I used to write a little bit of poetry. That was kind of something to just like calm my mind took a poetry class in college and I really fell in love with it you know my tutor he texts me all the time still and he's like you need to get back to writing you need to get back to writing so that was something I'm very passionate about I really like spending time with family and having crawfish balls I think that's where I have my most fun mm -hmm. to see my family happy eating crawfish you know that's something that we do like tradition wise having bounce music playing like good music playing everybody's dancing I'm having a good time. And then I just like I like watching movies for some reason when I get away from football I've always went home and put a movie on. That's just something that like just calms my mind. Something that I've always been interested in in my life. All different type of genres, like anything. Something that made me laugh. Something that made me a little emotional in a good way. <laughs> and just movies all over. So I definitely say those three things are really nice. And then I'm starting to get a little bit. I've been trying to read a couple. Start like reading a couple of books too. Yeah, just doing a couple of things outside. I'm very. I'm active too. I like to hunt. I like to fish a lot. That's one thing I do like to do. Me and my girlfriend's brother, we, when every time I'm back in Dallas, we go fishing a whole lot. So I'm um, a big fisher. I just like to be outdoors, really. Yeah, that's okay. There's, first of all, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> you, you have like a wide range of interests. I had no yeah. idea. All right. You started with poetry. So let, let's start there. Uh, okay. What kind of, what kind of poems you write? I, I, I interviewed Arian um, Foster a long time ago. He was really big into poetry. He used to yeah. write every single day. Okay. Is that something that you have to do to keep up your poetry well, skills? When I was writing, I just kind of wrote whatever came to mind. So I would just have like a subject. So one time I wrote about like a night in New Orleans. You know, I just wrote about like sometimes, you know, I try, I try to, I wrote my girl a poem about love. You know, I just like to do like things like that. Just like if you just give me a subject, whatever comes to my mind, I just try to find like some rhythm with it and some things that make sense and attach to each other. So I just feel like I have like a natural, a natural gift for it, which is something that I could, I could get better and better at. Um, that's something I'm definitely going to like look back onto into the off season, kind of get back into because I really found a lot of peace when I was, you know, just writing down whatever came to mind, whatever I was thinking, just putting it on paper. It's actually like a really beautiful thing. 
but uh <laughs> i really do enjoy is, it's so it's so creative i i mean sometimes yeah. i guess when you're playing such a physical game it's kind of nice to go do something creative that's like a good yeah some guys it, do music I, yours is poetry obviously yeah like, you really you really be surprised what you come up with if you just you know put a, a pen and paper in front of yourself and just just start writing you don't even have to think too much of it just start writing something down and just just keep going <laughs> as someone who likes to write i i totally understand that uh, all right so crawfish boils and hunting i feel like those kind of go hand in hand you grew up in new orleans what sort of things do you like to hunt are you does that mean you're good in the kitchen i feel like people that hunt they generally like to cook what they hunt okay, are you so pretty good chef i've never been much of a cooker um okay. so when we hunt like um i went deer hunting my uncles you know grew up deer hunting my honey who just passed away it's my grandpa I call him my honey we're all big deer hunters so when i were, whenever i was younger i always you know i used to play so many sports i used to play basketball baseball football so I wasn't able to go to me too much when I was younger. So, but I always had like a love for it. You know, I just like being in the, being like in the forest in the stand, which is just, just, just playing grass and sight, man. It's just, it's just something about it. It's just peaceful, you know, good weather. It's not high. It's pretty cold. It's just, it just, you know, it gives my mind peace when I'm out there. So uh, I used to go sometimes when I was younger, when I had some free time. One of the funnest things I've ever did was alligator hunt. Mm. That's probably the, probably the funnest experience of my life, like hunting wise. It was definitely crazy. I think I remember on that trip that we went alligator hunting. Somebody on the trip shot like a 13 foot alligator. And that was like the craziest thing I've seen in my life uh, when his head came out of the water. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> if I would call alligator hunting fun, but I guess if you're into it's that. A, it's a thing. lot more fun than you think. Like, it seems I don't know, if you're like an outdoorsy person, you just had to experience it. Like, something like I was, I'm scared of alligators. I still am. Okay. Oh, uh, so we had actually had a camp that uh, I grew up on, uh, we would go away just for like camp trips uh, that my family owned. And on the water, you know, my uncles used to alligator hunt in the water, like where the, on the water where the camp was at. So as a kid, you know, we used to jump in and jump, jump in and out of that water. I, used, I was fishing since I was younger. So I always had like that love for like an outdoor feel, even though like I live in like the city, but um, I do love outdoors a lot. And then crawfish balls, I mean, that, you just got to come to one. I'm going to have to invite you to one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can see how fun it is, but I mean, um, I feel like you would know being from Louisiana. I, yeah, I tried yeah. it when I moved to Texas, but yeah. It's really, it's, it's really a social thing too. Right. You know? um, everybody gets to just forget whatever's going on in their life for that just moment, just have a good time with each other. My mom, she makes a great crawfish. My, my uncle's, I mean, he does his thing. So we all just, you know, just have a good time, play music, just enjoy each other, enjoy each other's presence. That's always a really good time. It's so social. It's such a fun activity to do with a bunch yeah. of people. I don't know if it's for the food. I'm usually pretty hungry. Maybe I'm not sure. shelling crawfish fast enough. What about movies and books? All right. What have you, have you had any time to see anything? I know it's kind of crazy during the season, but during your downtime, I mean, is there a movie that you've seen lately, a book that you're wanting to read here when the off season kicks off? Um, so I have a book that I just got for Christmas. It was a Sean Taylor book. He's actually my favorite player. It was oh, like yeah. going, always going full speed. Like just like a book about like things that went on in his life, good and bad. So that's one thing I really want to read and get to more, get to know more about him. Cause in high school, you know, I grew up watching his highlights. Like I'm a big Sean Taylor fan. Like that's why I used to base my game around. And then movies. I mean, to be honest, I put on a movie every night. Like it never wow. fails. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I put on a movie every night. Just while like you know I'm over there doing like my game plan stuff and going over my notes, I just throw a movie on there and just. Kind like, of like old old plan. movies new movies i watch it all oh, okay okay i watch it all <laughs> watches everything you yeah i yeah. guess you, if you've got a movie every night you, you're pretty open yeah. to all so genres we, i actually have a lot of good uh conversations with the with the training room people in there and i'm like give me another movie 
And they're like, okay, go, go watch this. I was like, I'm going to come back and we'll talk about it every day. Sometimes we won't finish, but like, yeah, I'm, I love movies. I don't know. I just like, I like, fig- well, like I've, I've watched movies so much that I like, I figure out what's going to go on with at the end between like the first 10 minutes. I'm like, okay. I like to give like a theory, like this is going to happen. It's going to happen. And so most write. of the time I'm usually right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like there's a segment for Garrett's movie reviews somewhere Somewhere in this, oh, yeah. you like you, you gotta like, do movie um, reviews. If anybody is interested, I'll definitely put down a okay, list. Okay, we gotta, we, we yeah, maybe that's there. something we, we might be interested in. Something like that. <laughs> All right, before, okay, one more question before I let you go. Well, actually, two mm-hmm. more. For the first is your name, because you only have one T on the end of Garrett. That's and fun. that's been really hard for some of us that know Garrett always spelled Garrett with two T's. Whose idea was that? And how often does your name get misspelled because of that? All right, this is really embarrassing, but. My own family still spells my name wrong sometimes. But <laughs> um, yeah, so Garrett one T, two R's, one T. Usually it's right. spelled with two R's and two T's. Right. Um, I asked my mom one day, I was like, hey, why'd you, why'd you just leave one T on? She's like, I just want you to be different. Oh. I was like, okay, okay. And then my stepdad, he's like, well, it sounds better with two T's. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm just like, okay, like we can't go back and forth to this. Like we got to like come up with something. But um, <laughs> yeah, she just always wanted me to be different. So she just kept one T at the end. And I think I've never, like, it's like the craziest thing. Like sometimes like all my, like my college awards, like all that two T's. Yeah. Like it's like the craziest thing ever. Like I was just like, I just got used to it, but I was like, you know, it is what it is. I was like, <laughs> the, uh, the, your name probably gets misspelled a lot, but I, oh, I I've be, never seen another Garrett surprised. with one T. Yeah. <laughs> you'd honestly be surprised. Like I've never had my name spelled so wrong so many times in my life, but I like, I just laugh at it now. Like, like it never bothered me. I just knew like what the reason why my name was spelled different. So every time I see, it, I just like it just I just start laughing. I was like, it's funny. That's good. You've got a good attitude about it. All right. So <laughs> now you've got year year two coming up. I mean, everyone talks about this big rookie jump from year one to year two. What what are some goals that you have for yourself now that you got one year under your belt almost and you've got some starts? You've kind of mastered special teams there. What are some things that you want to get better at next year? Most definitely. I think um, just just taking that jump with my body, physically preparing my body to go a 17-game season longer and just be, like, feeling like, you know what I'm saying, just just grow uh, physically has definitely been, like, a goal. Definitely keep improving on the field, keep improving my knowledge, my football knowledge. But um, I think just that this offseason is going to be so huge uh, for me just as just as an individual I'm thinking just like just how much I want to grow how much I want to change my body around to just be at my best that it can be next year for the team so um it's definitely going to be a long it's going to be a hard hard all season for me and I'm going to put everything into it so I'm definitely excited about it all right we can't wait to see it Garrett with one T who loves movies (laughs) and writes poetry I've learned so much about you that I did not know it's it's great to (laughs) to get to know you finally Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Thanks so much, Garrett. All right, best of luck for the rest of the no season. Uh, thank you so much. All right, and I'm not even kidding when I say that I think we want to do some movie reviews or something with Garrett Wall in the offseason. He's just got too, too many things that he's into, and I love that he will just ask people for movies to watch, and then he'll just watch whatever. Like, he'll watch anything. I think that's tremendous. I'm, I'm a lot pickier with the movies if I'm going to sit down and watch something for a couple of hours, so... Uh, Good stuff from him. And uh, how about the crawfish stuff? I I think that's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see him. I wish he was on social media so we could see some of the stuff he does. But alas, then I guess he wouldn't be doing all the stuff that he does if he was always on social media. Double-edged sword. Um, Anyway, double-edged sword. Speaking of which, the Tennessee Titans are coming into town. And while Texans fans are looking ahead towards 
the NFL draft and wanting to get a high pick, hey, don't just let the Tennessee Titans come in and beat you and get a first-round bye and first place in the AFC. That's really the thinking of the Texans here as they look to end their 2021 campaign on a win. It would be nice to launch into the offseason with a little bit of positivity, especially having won two games here in the month of December and and possibly one more against a, another division opponent. So it's not going to be an easy task. The Titans will possibly be bringing back Derrick Henry. He was designated for return from IR on Wednesday. So now the Titans have a 21-day window uh, for Henry to come back and play. They'll, they'll get to watch him practice and decide whether or not he'll be ready to return. Now he'll probably return for the postseason. Will he return for the Texans? That's still very much in the air. And and if you remember Henry, he suffered a foot injury back uh, October 31st against the Colts. He's missed eight games, and uh, he was really, really rushing towards that uh, MVP candidate status with what he had done so far. He, he I mean, he had 937 rushing yards, 10 rushing touchdowns. I mean, he had over 1,000 yards from scrimmage, and, and that was just in eight games this year. So he was off to a tremendous start, and the Titans certainly looking to get their workhorse back at some point, whether that be in the regular season finale against the Texans or in the postseason. That remains to be seen, but I asked Jim Wyatt all about this Titans team, what they've done well without Henry, and what the Texans can expect on Sunday when they head to NRG Stadium. The Titans, they're AFC South champs for the second year in a row, and they've got a chance to secure that number one seed in the AFC playoff picture. It's been such a season of adversity for the Titans, Jim. I mean, you cover the team. How how surprised are you at where the Titans are sitting right now heading into week 18? Well, I mean, this has been a team that's really flown under the radar, even though it's had a couple of, uh, couple of times in that number one spot. Uh, and they've had some great success, you know, winning a long stretch of games against, you know, teams that went to the playoffs last year. But as you mentioned, there's been a lot of adversity. And uh, this team has played with 88 different players this year because of injuries. Played half the year without Derrick Henry, the offensive MVP from a year ago. Played a long stretch without A.J. Brown. And Julio Jones has just not had the impact a lot of people thought they'd had. They've had to deal with a lot of COVID issues. But this has been a resilient team, and uh, just when people maybe want to count them out, they seem to rise to the occasion. That's what happened on Sunday as they, they won to get into that number one playoff spot with the help of the Bengals beating the Chiefs. And now the plan is to keep it. And uh, you know, certainly it's, it's not going to be easy. This is, I know the Texans came in here and beat the Titans on their home field earlier this season. I'm sure that got the Titans' attention as well going into this one, but in a good spot. And, and you know, we all know how valuable that number one seed is this year because only one team gets one and only one team gets that playoff by. And it's, it's just like, you know, it's just like a, a win in the playoffs if you can get it. So a lot of momentum and a lot of reason for the Titans to be ready to play in this game on Sunday. Yeah, that first round by is going to have to go through Houston for the Titans. But uh, you mentioned that week 11 matchup and, and Derrick Henry. It's, it seems like he's going to be the big storyline heading into this week's game, whether or not he comes back off of uh, IR. And, and the Titans have done such a good job running the ball in recent weeks. Is there a real rush to bring Henry back or maybe just save him for the playoffs? Yeah, and that's the big question here. You know, how valuable is it to get him 
eight, ten carries to get him to knock the rust off. I think he's going to play at some point this season. Uh, so whether that's going to be uh, in the season finale or whether that's going to be in the playoffs kind of remains to be seen. I mean, if the Titans can take care of business on Sunday, you can get them an extra, an extra week's rest. But, you know, there's a school of thought there that you kind of get him up, you know, back in the flow of things. Then he's got a week to recover if the team wins. That's the million-dollar question in Nashville. I don't know how how that's going to be decided. I know a lot of people are anxious to see him on the practice field. I think the Titans will kind of see how that goes. But one of the reasons it's been successful and the reason they've been able to win without him is because of a former Texan, Deontay Foreman. I know, you know very you're familiar with him, and he's done a great job. Dr. Hilliard's done a, a great job. You know, Mike Vrabel talking yesterday about some of these running backs who who were kind of out of a job. He's kind of like stray cats. You bring them into the, in your home, and the guys have turned out to be great for the Titans. So, I'm myself. I'm curious just to see what ultimately is decided on on what happens with Derrick Henry. Yeah, and and you mentioned Deontay Foreman. Uh, he's just you know had some tremendous games recently. But it seemed like when Henry first went out the Titans sort of struggled with that offensive game plan of just running the ball and running it effectively. Where was the turnaround and and what really changed for them here in in this past month or so? Yeah. And it was kind of a struggle earlier. They're trying to find their identity again and trying to figure out what the best balance was. And uh, I would say that maybe started to flip, you know, I'm looking at, uh, I, I would say, you know, Foreman has gone for over a hundred yards in three of the last five. So sometime around that, Patriots game after the New England game. You know, they lost in New England, but the Titans, you know, had two backs that went for over 100 yards in that game, and they went for over 200 rushing yards as a team. I think that's when they really started to kind of get the flow back in the running game, and 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 Foreman has had a lot of success after that. I mean, he's at four, he's almost at 500 yards uh, in the game since Derek left. The running game as a whole has been, you know, almost as productive as it was with Henry, just using a variety of different backs. Now, getting Derrick Henry back is going to make a big difference because it changes the way teams defend the Titans. He's obviously got a breakaway threat that uh, that these backs do not have. But no running game has been good without him, and then he's just going to give him a shot in the arm when he does come back. All right, another guy that hasn't been on the field too much. You mentioned earlier Julio Jones. There was a lot of expectation for him. Uh, when the Titans signed him this offseason, he comes off the COVID list. He's dealt with a lot of injuries this year. But if he comes back here in week 18, what does that mean for Tannehill in the offense? Uh, I wish I could tell you it would, you know, it's going to jumpstart the team and take him to another level. But uh, I've kind of learned, you know, in covering Julio and watching him is you just, you know, you get what you get. I mean, and I'm not, uh, no, you're not trying to be critical of, of him, but it just has been his production has been hit or miss. I mean, either because of uh, his ability or inability to finish games, whether or not they look his way. I mean, he's out there a lot of times and playing and and doesn't get the football. And part of that's because they've got a better receiver on the other side in A.J. Brown and, and the tension maybe uh, that goes to Julio. A.J. benefits from that. And I think other guys benefit from it. You know, I, I think in a perfect world, if you're the Titans – uh, you know, the coaching staff management, management you know, no matter what has been said about Julio and the way that has played out so far, all that can be washed away if he can kind of get some momentum 
and be a big difference maker from this point moving forward. I mean, that's really why you bring a guy like that in here is to help you win a championship. And it hasn't gone well so far. I mean, right now, you know, we're, we've got a game left in the season. Julio Jones got 26 catches for 376 yards. And he hasn't even scored a touchdown. I mean, that that's a, that's not a lot of production for a guy that you gave up a good amount for and you're paying a lot for. But if he can help this team – down the stretch, help this team in the playoffs, help this team get to a Super Bowl and make an impact then, then, you know, I think that trade's going to turn out to be beneficial. But um, how much of a boost he gives them, I know that was your question. It's hard to say because it's been, it's been one of the most impossible things to predict this year. Yeah, and hard to build that chemistry when you're just not on the field. Yes. Um, Jim, about Zach Cunningham, now he's with the Titans. He was released by the Texans earlier this season. He gets reunited with Mike Frabel. He's seen some action in the last three games there in Nashville. What do you expect out of him? Has his role expanded? Will it expand here in uh, the postseason? And, and what have you thought of him so far? Well, I, I've always loved Zach Cunningham as a player. I, I've got so much glare on me. I don't know if you can tell that I got on a Vanderbilt hat. I'm a Vanderbilt <laughs> <laughs> I watched Zach Cunningham play, you know, on West End, you know, for some of years and just thought he was a great player and just fast and runs to the ball and is physical. And then watching him with the Texans during his time there uh, playing against him, you know, I was always impressed by the way he played. He came in here and, and started right out of the gate and he's playing a lot of snaps. I mean, he's part of their starting unit in the base package. And I think he has fit in really well and, uh, I think he's going to continue to play. I think the more he plays, the more familiarity he has with his defense and his teammates and expectations. I think the, the more of an impact he's going to make. You know, that was a, a group when he joined it. It was kind of, you know, disjointed a little bit. Had a lot of guys, you know, out with injuries or on the COVID list. And now all of a sudden they're get, getting guys back healthy. You know, Zach Brown's is now, uh, Jayon Brown, I should say, is now back off the COVID list and playing. Rashawn Evans is playing his best ball right now. David Long, who had a long stretch of being out, he's now back. And then you put those guys alongside, you know, Zach Cunningham. And all of a sudden, Titans, that, that may be one of their deepest positions on the team inside backer. But with all that said, Zach is kind of at the top of the heap there. I mean, he's and he's the guy that they're looking to not only down the stretch this year, but I think for, you know, for the future. So, I think they were lucky to get him. Don't know what happened down there that led to him leaving. But um, I know the Titans feel like they're very fortunate to get a guy of that caliber, um, you know, late in the season. Yeah, certainly hard to see some former Texans there on the opposite side of the field, especially in the division. Uh, you, you mentioned 88 players that have played for one reason or another, either because of COVID or injuries to the other starters on the team. So that's actually an NFL record for a non-strike season. I was reading about that a little bit earlier. What or who has really impressed you the most with just the season and everyone that's had to step up? I mean, is it is it really a credit to Mike Vrabel? Is it some of the other guys, some unsung heroes? I mean, who do you credit some of these, these guys stepping up and really performing for the Titans this year? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, Vrabel deserves a lot of credit. I mean, and and certainly partial to him, you know, working for the team and, and watching the team on a regular basis. When I see, you know, team, people talking about coach of the year nominees, if, if the Titans win this game on Sunday and finishes the number one seed in the AFC with everything that's kind of gone on, losing Derrick Henry, I, I don't know how Mike Rabel's not your coach of the year 
in the NFL, and some coaches out there have done a great job. It's not just Vrabel. I mean, I, I think John Robinson, the team's general manager, and his staff did a great job in identifying players who would be a good fit and having those guys available in the practice squad to step in and play if needed. And to be able to find guys on the market, whether it's Deontay Foreman, who they had familiarity with because they last year, Buster Screen, a guy who was on, you know, on the street and became available. He, he has stepped in and played really well for them. And they've done a good job in finding guys in the flow of the season to plug in and play. You know, Greg Maven, another guy who kind of stepped in on short notice in his play. They've had so many guys that have come in and um, and played a role. The scouting staff and the general manager done a good job in having players on the practice squad ready and practicing and up to speed where they can step into play. And that's kind of going on all season. So it's a testament to Coach Brable. It's a testament to, to John Robinson. It's a testament to some of these guys who have been asked to play and perform well. All right. Good stuff. Jim Wyatt covers the Titans. Senior writer, editor, does it all for the team. Jim, looking forward to seeing you here on Sunday. DP, thank you. And I'll see you down there in Houston. Great stuff as always from Jim Wyatt. You can catch our pregame show for Sunday's matchup from NRG Stadium. The Texans hosting the Titans. That'll be Texans Unlimited presented by Verizon, Drew Doherty. And myself will bring you the pregame show. We'll bring you the latest in transactions, projected starting lineups. They're not really the actual starting lineups. We can only project what they are, the actual starting lineups you see when the team takes the field. We'll answer your fan questions, and we do so much more. It's a great pregame show. So hopefully you can catch it. Just download the Houston Texans mobile app. So that's going to do it for our podcast for this week. Thank you so much for listening throughout the season. Be sure to tune in in the offseason as well, as I hope to bring lots of guests from not just football, maybe maybe football, but maybe some outside of players and team reporters. So we'll see. You have to stay tuned. I try to bring a, a varied um, group of guests so you can find out what their stories are. So Stay tuned for that. That's coming up in the off season, and I can't wait to bring that to you as well. But that's going to do it for our podcast. Deep Slam Podcast is presented by Xfinity. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, go Texans.